as you can see behind me, we are starting a new series called Galatians, not Galadians. Galadians. I like that better. It's now called Galadians instead of Galatians. Galadians is what it's called. Um, hey, what? Gal? Adians. Adians. I don't know. Anyways, it's there. It's Galatians. Whatever. We're just going to go back to Galatians. It's called Galatians. Um, but, whatever. Stop making fun of me. Um, <laughs> Galatians. It's just Galatians. Thanks. Um, anyways, so who in here um, went to Africa with the student trip? Just, oh, there you go. Okay, we got two. We got two of you. Um, none of you were in my group, so that's sad. Um, but anyways, so I went to Africa with the students about now it's been seven, eight, there's math, eight months. Uh, since I, I went there with the students and we went in the summer and it was, it was awesome. I was going to say that. First off, uh, but when this time I went, we were, we were teaching in a village and uh, we, were, we were teaching and this, this girl comes up and she's like, hey, look, I want to accept Jesus. Uh, so, so us there, we, we, we help lead her to Christ. Ah, excuse me. That's embarrassing. That, yeah, no, we help lead her to Christ, right? Like, we walk her through what it means and, and how to do it, and we get to the point where, like, hey, like, now it's time to take off your charms, right? So in Africa, they believe in charms, uh, that are, they are blessed by the witch doctor, uh, so they, they are, like, have either animal, they could have, like, animal sacrifice on them, like, the blood of the animal on them, uh, or they could be dipped in holy water or any other things that the, maybe they were blessed through the ancestors. So, like, these witch doctors, like, have this whole black magic um, regarding these charms. And these charms are supposed to give you protection, uh, heal you, give you peace, do whatever. Like, whatever it may be, like, there's a charm for that. Right, so we're like, all right, like you're gonna have to give up your charms because that doesn't go with what the Bible says. So she's like, okay, like she takes off her charms. She's like, hey, here, here you go. And we're like, sweet, all right, that was easy. So then about five minutes go, goes by, and she comes back and she's like, hey, like I need my charms. We're like, why do you need your charms? Like you just gave them, you just understood this five minutes ago. Like it has, really hasn't been that long. Like what changed? She goes, oh yeah, my dad's the witch doctor, uh, and if I don't get them back, he's gonna hurt me. So we're like, oh, okay. So we give them back because we're like, we don't want to put you in danger. Um, but then I, I turned to Heather and Neo, who was our translator, and I was like, hey, uh, let's go talk to the witch doctor. Now the thing about talking to a witch doctor is it's not like a comfortable thing to do. It's actually like kind of frowned upon to do. Um, so it wasn't an easy decision, um, but it was also like kind of a scary decision to go talk to him. But I loved, I loved doing it. Uh, so I went up to his house with the translator and we spent probably about three hours in his house. And during that time, he, he was talking to me, I was just getting to know him a little bit, walking through the Bible, and he lets me know that, hey, like, he is a pastor. I was like, what? Like, how are you a pastor but also a witch doctor? Like, that doesn't make sense at all. Like, that doesn't work. It doesn't. Um, and so, like, I'm trying to walk him through that, help him understand it, um, but then came time, I was like, all right, like, we have to leave. Like, it's getting dark, we gotta get out of the valley before it gets dark, before it gets dangerous. Uh, so we leave, and sadly that was our last day to go in there. But then, uh, in January, uh, where I was a couple weeks ago, what's say, the ninth? A couple weeks ago, I could say, yeah, sure, a couple weeks ago, um, I was back in Africa, and 
So I turn to Kyle. If you don't know Kyle, he's our missions director. Um, you might see him around sometimes. If you don't, then oh well, you don't. Um, but he works here at the church as well with two other people. And so I was like, hey, Kyle, like, we need to go back to the witch doctor's house. Like, I got to talk to him. Like, I got to continue that conversation. Like, we left off in a good spot. Like, I got to go back to him. Kyle was like, all right, fine, like, whatever. And so we go back to him, and I'm talking to him. I was like, hey, like, remember last time you told me you were a pastor? Like, can you explain this a little more? Like, can, can you, like, help me out? And he goes, all right, so he, he and his family start pulling out all these documents, like, verifying that he's a pastor. And on it, it has different things, whether it's like, oh, like, you can sacrifice charms. Like, all, like, listed duties, sacrifice charms, make, sacrif- like, make sacrifices, make charms, um, heal people, like, whatever it may be. And I was just like, what? Like, like, authorized. Some of it had Bible verses by it, and some of it didn't. And so we were sitting there just like, what the heck? Like, this guy, like, has papers certifying that, hey, he is a pastor of a Christian church. Supposedly a Christian church. But yet he has this list of things he's allowed to do that go against the Bible. Like, this doesn't make sense. And so we sat there, and we went through, we went through all of it, and we're like, hey, this doesn't say what you think it says. Uh, this has no Bible verse, so where'd you get this from? And he's like, I don't know. Right? So this, this witch doctor slash pastor, uh, somehow, between the teaching that was passed down to him, got confused and had the gospel and had the Bible changed up on him. That he had different things put into the, into the Bible or in, like into his religion, to his thinking, that he thought, oh, like, this is what it means. This is what the Bible's saying, this is what I should be doing. And so, as we're, as we're talking about Galatians, this is actually what's happening. Here in, in, the, in Galatia, uh, the church of Galatia, uh, Galatians, which is Paul. Paul is writing to the church of Galatians, so if you don't know who Paul is, Paul was a, um, a guy who, not the best guy, actually, uh, he would go and he would kill Christians or put them into prison. Like, this was a bad dude, he would go and he'd be like, ah, like, ah, you're a Christian, I'm just going to kill you, or ah, you're a Christian, come with me, we're going to jail. Right, like, this is what he did, and so this is Paul, who, who we know that God came before Paul when he was on the road to Damascus, and he came before Paul, and he was like, hey, whoa, whoa, like, Paul, like, stop, basically. Like, I'm who you're persecuting people against, like, stop, no, stop, this is not right, you're wrong, like, these people are following what is right. So we know that he, he changed, right? So flipping the switch, he changed, and, and the word, the, the Bible, the, the gospel was given to him. Right, the Lord spoke, hey, like, this is what is true, this is what is right. You've been following the old way, but the God came before him and was like, hey, no, that's wrong. This is what is right. And so, Paul's writing to the church of Galatia because he has noticed that, hey, like, you guys are not following the Bible. Yes, you guys are sitting here and you're like, hey, like, we follow Jesus. Like, we know that Jesus came and died, but they're also like, oh, you actually have to do this and this and this to be saved as well. That, like, oh, actually, no, you look like that, you actually can't be a Christian. Right? Like this was their thinking and they thought they were right that they could see someone. They're like, ah, actually no, it's not for you. Actually, you have to do this. You actually have to change. Oh, I saw your past. Actually, no. Mm-mm. We're good. Like you're, you're, not gonna, you're not cut out. You're actually not well, like God's chosen people. Right? So the Jews in this time, like we know that they were known as God's chosen people. And so this, this was a very like inclusive group. Exclusive. Exclusive group, there's the word. It was a very exclusive group, like they didn't invite everyone in. And so Paul sees this and he's like, oh, I'm about to just go call them out real quick. So he writes this letter to them, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 1, where we see this is Paul starting to call people out. 
In uh, verse, bleh, Galatians 1, verse 6 through 9, it says, I'm astonished that you so quickly are deserting the one who called you to live in grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel of heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, is if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one that is accepted, let them be under God's curse. So immediately we see Paul coming out, and he's like, yo, like, what you're believing in, what you're calling the gospel actually isn't the gospel at all. This is actually isn't what Jesus taught us. This isn't what Jesus preached to us and teached to us. This isn't what he is saying. What you're saying is, is wrong. That yeah, you, you may have a little bit correctly, like you, you have a little bit of truth in there, but, but your overall theme is not correct. That this isn't right, that what you're doing is not right. So Paul is coming out and saying, hey, stop listening to the false teaching because there are teachers in the church who have infiltrated the church and are now corrupting what you're thinking, what you believe in. So Paul's saying, yo, if it's not what I've already told you, then don't listen to it. Because Paul continues to say, he says, hey, like, what I know, what I taught you was actually not passed to me by man or any teacher, by any, by any prophet, but only from God. That it came straight from God is what he is teaching them. So he's saying, hey, what I, what I have taught you is correct. I don't know why you're getting corrupt with these other people, but that is not correct. So it continues in Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse 11. We're going to jump pretty far. Uh, but it says, when Cephas, another uh, name for Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles when they drew back and separated themselves, fearing the circumcision party, uh, and the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with them. So that even Barnabas was led astray by their, their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in, in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, before them all, if you would if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jesus? So now we see Paul getting, getting bold and saying like, hey, like, hey, I even saw Cephas, who is Peter, uh, was not following the right gospel that was getting a little confused by it, and I called him out to his face. That I said, oh, like, you're not following what is right. You see, what you're following, you're following the old Jewish customs mixed in with, with the Bible. And that's not correct because in the old Jewish law, the old Jewish custom is that it was really only for Jews. That Jewish people uh, did not include everyone else. That they actually didn't like anyone else. They pretty much stuck to themselves. Right, and they believed that to be, to be with Jesus that you had to do a lot of good works. They believed that you basically had to be perfect. You had to do all these nice and good things. You had to look as mighty and as righteous as you could. That's why when you saw like sick people or, or, or poor people, like they were cast out. Because obviously what they thought is they weren't doing what Jesus had told them to do. They weren't following Jesus. They weren't doing all these good and righteous things. So here, Paul is calling them out. He's continuing to call people out like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, hey, Paul, uh, Peter, like you were, you were a Jew living like a Gentile. But then you turn to the Gentiles and you're telling them to live like Jews, like this doesn't make sense, like this doesn't add up what is happening here. Like this doesn't make sense. You see, you're telling people to change their way, you're telling the Gentiles to change just because they don't look like you, because they don't act like you. 
You're saying, hey, unless they change, you're not going to get the gospel. You're not going to be able to go to heaven. That Jesus doesn't love you because you don't look or act like me. But here we see Paul calling out Peter like, hey, well, like you're living like them. You're living just like them. Like you're living like a Gentile. Why are you telling the Gentiles to change? Right? So they're saying, why are you making them change? Why are you making them change the way they are, the way they look? Just because they weren't born Jewish. And here Paul's saying, yo, like, the faith that I believe in, the faith that came from God himself, what Jesus taught me, is not the same to what you're preaching. That you've corrupted the way you're teaching, the way you live, and what you believe. That Paul's saying, yo, the law only points to God, but it's not the way to God. That what you're, what you're believing in, yes, it is good, yes, it is good to do all these good things, yeah, that points to God, but that is not the way to God. That's not what gets you to heaven. And the sad thing is that what's happening in the Church of Galatia is happening right now. It's happening right now in society, in, in your schools, in, in churches, and people around you that people are telling you different things. That we're believing different things and that we are adding to the Bible ourselves. That we're adding things that, that different qualifications that we must have. And one of the big one that we see today is like, oh, like I have to be good. I have to be good enough for Jesus that if I'm not good enough for Jesus, then it's not going to matter. That Jesus doesn't love me unless I'm good enough. That he's not going to save me unless I'm good enough. And just like Paul was saying back to the church of Galatia and he's saying it now, like, yo, that's not true. Because if we look in Romans 10, chapter, 9 through, or chapter 10, verse 9 through 13, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with, the, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So here we see Paul saying, like, whoa, like, slow down. Like, this is all it takes to be saved. There's not different qualifications. There's not only certain people. He even says, like, yo, uh, there's no distinction between Jews and Greek for the same is Lord of Lord, or the same Lord is Lord of all. That all you have to do is you have to confess with your mouth, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. It's that simple. That's it. This is Paul saying, yo, that's it. That's all you have to do. But yet we sit here in today's world and we say, no, that's not true. We have to do different things. Or maybe we see someone famous and they, we see they come to Jesus. And we sit here and we're like, oh, no, like, uh-uh. They may be confessing, but I know their past. Maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's someone you see walking into church and you're like, whoa, like, I've seen you outside of church. What are you doing here? Why are you coming, why are you coming into this building? I know what you've done in the past. Like, there's no way you, this is for you. Like, you sit here and we judge people. We're like, yo, Christianity is not for you. But how untrue that is, because it says no distinction between Jew or Greek. The Lord is the Lord of all. That no matter who you are, no matter what you look like, you can change those two words to whatever country you want. Any continent you want, we can say, yo, whether American and English or American and African or or American and Canadian, whatever you want to put in those two, like it doesn't matter, it still works in today's world. That we sit here and we look at people and we judge people. Oh, you're not good enough. I've seen what you did. You didn't check all the boxes. You, there's no way you can be saved. Or we're on the opposite end. 
Or we sit here and we're like, yo, there's no way Jesus can love me because of the things I've done because I'm not good enough. There's no way Jesus can love me. There's no way Jesus can love me because of my past. Right? Because we know that Jesus knows all and sometimes we sit here and we get in our heads or other people get in our heads and we listen to this lie. This lie that I once believed when I sat there once and I was like, there's no way I can go back to church. There's no way I can go back to God because of the things I've done. There's no way he's going to love me. But how untrue that is, and if you've been here on Sunday mornings with us, we've actually been walking through this a little bit. That we've looked at Luke chapter 14 and we've looked at Luke chapter 15. And in Luke chapter 15, he talks about the prodigal son. The son who turns to his father and says, hey, yo, I want nothing to do with you. Give me my money and I'm out. Right, so he goes and he spends all his money and then he comes back to his father. He's like, yo, I'm out, I'm broke, I have nothing to do. Can I come be your servant? And when his father, the father opens and sees him from afar, he runs to him, hugs him, and rejoices because his son is back. And in Luke chapter 14, we, we learned that there was this master who, who had a feast and was like, hey, like, I want these people to come eat with me. And these people come back like, ah, no, I can't. I got different things to do. I got things I got to take care of. So the master goes, all right, whatever. And he goes, and he gets all the crippled, the poor, the lame, the blind people, and he brings them in. And he says, come eat with me. Right? And between just these two parables, we know that in Luke chapter 15, where it's talking about us. No matter how far we've walked away from Jesus, no matter what we've done in life, that he sits there and he he welcomes us with open arms. That he rejoices when we come back to him. But then we also see in Luke chapter 14 with the master and with the people that we are those people. That God is sitting there, he's like, hey, I want to eat with each and every one of you. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you've done. What, if you're lame, you're crippled, what you, like whatever. If you smell bad, I don't care. I want to come eat with you. I want to come be with you. And so we're saying, and what Paul is even saying to these people is, yo, like, stop listening to these fake, this fake gospel. Stop listening to it. Because there's only one way to be saved, and that's if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's it, that we get confused, we get misunderstood, we misunderstand it of just like, yo, like there's more I have to do. There's more, no, I gotta check all these different boxes, I gotta live this, this type of way, I gotta look this type of way, Jesus is only gonna love me if I do this. But how false that is, how untrue that is. That whether side you sit on, if, if you're the one who's casting out the judgment or if you're the one that's like, hey, God's never gonna love me. How untrue both of those statements are. How untrue both of those sides are. So I challenge you guys to think about this. Hey, what gospel are you following? Are you following the one that that society has told us that we have believed about being good enough and having to look a certain way or or dress a certain way, act a certain way, or are you going to believe the gospel that Jesus Christ sent himself? Where he says, all you have to do to be saved is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Which one are you going to choose to believe in? Which one are you going to follow? Because I'm sitting here, I'm telling you, there's one right one, there's a wrong one. But it's easy to get caught up in this wrong one. In the wrong one about being good. Having to act a certain way, having to look a certain way. Because this is it. This is all you have to do. Listen up real quick. It's just to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. And I want you guys to think about this real quick. I want you to focus and just, and just do some self-realization real quick. Like, do you believe this to be true? Have you done this? 
Are you going to stop listening to what the world is telling you or are you going to follow this? And if you haven't done this before, I challenge you to think like, to ask yourself, what's stopping you? What is stopping you from sitting here confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord? That he raised himself, that, that God raised him from the dead. What is stopping you from doing that? Because this is what we know is true, that this is how we get saved. So if you've never done it and you're sitting there and you're like, hey, like, like I want to do that. Hey, this is something that I want to do, then, then don't just sit there. Don't just walk out of these doors. Please come find a leader. Please come find someone because we'd have no greater joy than talking to you about that, than walking you through that. Literally nothing would give us more happiness in tonight than that. But also know that Jesus is the same way. That Jesus wants you. And he made it easy for us. He made it simple for us. That he came and he died for your sins so that you could come to heaven. All you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the dead. That's all you have to do. Stop believing to what society, what, what the world is telling us. That my own grandpa believed this. That he would sit there and he'd be like, hey, like, I'm going to heaven because I'm better than that person. That so-called Christian, I'm better than him. Like, I know this is real. I've heard conversations this past week about this. Like, I know this is something that you guys are facing, that you guys are being told. So stop believing in it. There is only one true gospel. There's only one true way. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to head out. Jesus, I thank you for today. Lord, I, I thank you for this time together, Lord. I thank you for, for giving us your word. Lord, for, for being good, Lord, for being uh, forgiving always, Lord. Lord, I thank you for sending Jesus to be the way, Lord, that all we have to do is confess with our mouth, Lord. That we don't have to look a certain way, Lord, that we don't have to act a certain way, Lord, that all we have to do is love you. Lord, I thank you for, for constantly loving us, Lord, no matter what, no matter what we've done in life, Lord, I ask, us to, ask you to help us. Lord, that we wouldn't get caught up in what society is telling us, Lord, that we wouldn't sit here and cast out judgment, Lord. Lord, that we would truly seek and follow you in everything that we do. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.